You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 165, which I'm calling Mother's Day Redux. Yeah, since I've transitioned into retirement, seems I've lost track of the calendar. <laughs> I mistakenly thought last Sunday was Mother's Day. No, dear, that's wrong. Oh, well, getting old. Oh, and the World Health Organization has officially declared an end to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now that's a reason to celebrate. Yeah, as usual, we got some tech news up first. Well, Google I.O., the 2023 edition has taken place. Besides the obligatory artificial intelligence integration into software announcements, some long-rumored knee-leaked hardware took the headlines. The Google Pixel Fold was announced, and it's the thinnest foldable you can buy. And you'll pay for that. I covered the specs of Google's entry into the foldable foam form factor previously, so I'll just tell you the price, which is $1,799 for the base model. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. As I've said previously, this format is great for people whose phone is also their computer. However, in my opinion, this foldable form factor will continue to be niche until the price of these things come down to an affordable price point. Next up, the Pixel tablet was announced. Again, I covered the correct leaked specs on this device previously. So, I'll just give you the price. Well, the price on this tablet is a reasonable $499. The colors available are white, green, and pink. What? No basic black? Blasphemy! <laughs> a matching magnetic dock speaker is available for the Pixel tablet, which basically turns it into a Google Nest. Last on the hardware front, the Pixel 7a was introduced. The A series of Pixel phones denotes a more affordable version of their prone line. Hence the A, I guess. 
The trade-offs with the 7A versus the Pixel 7 are battery life that won't last a day, only three years of OS updates versus the 5 of the regular 7, and a $500 base model price tag, which in the opinion of various tech sites is too much for what you get. On the software side of things, Google Maps will now provide an immersive view feature in select cities. This will bring all information on the route all in one place. I don't use Google Maps, so I'm not going to comment on this. Magic Editor joins Magic Erase in the stable of photo features. Magic Edit enables AI-powered complex editing of photos. Magic Compose will use AI to spruce up your messages by rewriting them in different styles. Okay, besides that, most of what was announced was the injection of AI into existing software like Google's Workspace Office Suite, for example. Facebook Messenger will no longer support the Apple Watch as of May 31st. Well, you still get notifications, but nothing more than that. While the Apple Watch is a great piece of tech and I wear one daily, messaging is still a lot easier via your phone. If I use the watch to respond to a message, it's usually one of those canned responses like OK or Yes, for example. So this Facebook Messenger watch feature will probably not be missed in my humble opinion. Philips, the Dutch electronics giant, has released a new 24-inch computer monitor with a twist. The main screen is a quad HD LCD type with a 75 Hz refresh rate. The twist is it also has an accompanying 13-inch e-paper screen. The e-ink powered monitor has a resolution of 1200 by 1600 pixels, which is not nearly 4K. Philips stated that the company included the e-ink screen to help reduce eye strain, which for old farts like myself is a concern. Now would I buy something like this in order to reduce eye strain? No. But someone who sits in front of a computer screen eight plus hours a day, like editors, this might be a good solution. The Apple Watch may be getting a new and more powerful processor within the upcoming Series 9 model. This from Engadget.com. The Apple Watch's processor hasn't been updated since 2020 Series 6, which, for the tech industry, is a long, long time. The new chip will be labeled an S9 and will be based on the iPhone 13's A15 chip. Well, unless Apple adds a leap in functionality along with the new chip, I don't think the user will notice much of a difference, do you? Elon Musk has hired a new CEO for his Twitter app. Linda Yaccarino was hired to replace Musk as CEO at the recently embattled, well, at least to some users, social media platform. Ms. Yaccarino is currently the head of global advertising at NBC Universal. You know, ads are money, so that was probably one of her biggest qualifications for the job. Many have pointed out that the newly hired CEO is a prestigious member of the World Economic Forum. The good old WEF, you know, the you'll own nothing and be happy guys. And worry, platform and government censorship will return. I say we should all sit back and wait to see what happens before passing judgment. Peloton has issued a major recall of 2 million of the company's basic bikes. The bikes were sold in the U.S. only and were available for purchase from January 2012 until April of this year. The problem lies with the weld that holds the seat to the stem, which goes to the mainframe of the bike. This causes the stem to break or separate while riding, and 13 people have reportedly been injured due to this defect. 
The company will ship owners of the bike a part they can install themselves. Probably a plastic piece that the Chinese manufacturer cheaped out on is the culprit. Well, I'm glad I didn't purchase one of these bikes when I was really tempted to. My exercising habits regarding the bike have changed a bit. I use less of the classes and just use the Peloton app to track my progress as I do my thing. I might just purchase a real gym-quality indoor cycle instead of a Peloton in the future. It all depends on what changes Peloton makes to their currently outstanding digital app later this month. And finally, here's a bit of propaganda I came across last week, which was printed in the DailyMail.com. I know it's not really technology, but I just thought I'd share it anyway. Headline, humans arrived in the Americas 26,000 years ago from China, study says. The article goes on to explain that it was thought ancient Siberians were the ancestors of Native Americans, but the study proves otherwise. By supposedly tracing human female DNA, the study found that these early humans originated from northern China. Oh, how convenient. Now, of course, this study was done by the Chinese Academy of Sciences and was probably placed in the Daily Mail for a tidy sum of cash. Quote, articles like this just reinforce my skepticism of the mainstream media. I just hope the Chinese Communist Party doesn't declare the American continent as part of China since ancient times like they do with the whole Asian continent. Tech I'm using. Yeah, still nothing much going on here in the tech I'm using section. All my on-hand tech is working as expected with no malfunctions that I know of anyway. I will say that the price of televisions are bonkers. While looking around my not-so-local Walmart the other day, I saw an LG 75-inch screened thin Q model for $699. You know, I paid about 800 bucks for a 65-inch LG non-thin Q which I believe is a higher-end line of television. Well, at least some things haven't skyrocketed in price with the economy we're experiencing these days. Come on, man! Entertainment news. Yeah, well, there's not much to tell about this week. I did watch the season finale of the Kiefer Sullivan vehicle, Rabbit Hole, and it was great. The series wrapped up its inaugural season like it started with as many twists and turns a writer could hope to insert into a single episode. Of course, there was a cliffhanger at the end that will drive the next season of the show. The other show I'm excited about, Amazon Prime's big-budget series Citadel, Citadel, can we get that out right, has had some fall-offs lately. Well, hopefully the quality of the first two episodes will return during the course of the season. Another show I've binge-watched was Red Election. I think it was on Hulu. The last episode was in 2021, so I guess the series has been cancelled. Heck, with the ongoing writer's strike, we probably won't be getting follow-up seasons to any series we're watching now. Podcast News Well, YouTube seems to be a bust for podcasters, according to Inside Podcasting and other industry sources. YouTube made a concerted effort last year to bring the big-name podcasts, especially the big industrial shows, over to the platform. Industrial podcasts such as NPR, Slate, and the New York Times joined other big-budget shows in putting their shows on the tube, but numbers have been disappointing. As of last week, Slate's YouTube shows averaged 75 views per video, while NPR averaged 179. 
The New York Times show The Daily has fared a little better, averaging around 1,000 views per video. These numbers are far below what these networks and shows pull in using the humble RSS feed. It's speculated that the lack of video on these channels is causing most listeners to use conventional means to listen to these shows. Sony has laid off members of the company's spoken word podcast division, including voice talent and podcast marketing and staff. You know, while I hate the fact that people are losing their jobs, it does give me some hope that independent podcasters, myself included, will have a fighting chance to be heard again because of this industry-wide shrinkage. NewsGuard and Barometer AI team up for podcast censorship. The two companies have teamed up to offer a product powered by Barometer's artificial intelligence that will allow platforms to quickly scan podcast episodes for possible, quote, misinformation, unquote. This product will allow advertisers to pick which show to place ads with to, quote, protect their brand, unquote. The announcement of this new product stated that many podcast hosting services are on board, but didn't name any of them. Well, of course, those hosting companies wouldn't want their names put out there. Those companies would most likely see an exodus of podcasters from their services to a company that refuses to use such a product, which could demonetize podcasts. Todd Cochran, owner of the Blueberry Podcast Hosting Company, has gone on record saying his company would never use such censoring products. For years now, we've been hearing the results of prominent university studies about how disinformation is occurring within the podcasting sphere, with no way to censor it. I mean controlling it. Studies probably funded by the U.S. government. NewsGuard, which recently went after the Michael Savage podcast, is indeed funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, of all people. Barometer, based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, just received $2.1 million in funding this March from unknown sources. My guess is that this funding came from the Department of Homeland Security, either directly or through a non-governmental organization, the good old NGO, which is also bankrolled by the DHS. I say that because Barometer seems to have come out of nowhere and seems to have no previous track record, but quickly was able to partner with NewsGuard, which, as I've pointed out, gets its main funding from the Department of Defense. So starts the attempted silencing of opinions on podcasts, in my opinion. This show, the OFNT podcast, is monetized by advertisements, but with my pitiful audience numbers, I don't make a living from it. Across the pond, as they say, in the UK, an organization called Open Podcasting has been formed after seeing many European so-called public broadcasters, such as the British Broadcasting Corporation, move their podcasts off the RSS feed standard, which is available to all listeners, to their own listening applications. Open Podcasting contends, rightfully so in my opinion, that most of these publicly funded broadcasters have no right to take their shows private because the public provides the majority of the funds by law to these entities. A worthy cause, but I'm afraid that these public broadcasters will eventually turn to large corporations for funding, similar to this nation's national public radio. This will only further accelerate the rush to private apps and the towing of the company line. What do you think? Well, it's time for a break. You may or may not be hearing an ad. I'll be turned right after those ads are over. You have one unheard message. 
Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Hey, I've got a rant for you today. Remember the days when items were manufactured and built to last? Well, I do. Now, let's say you made the purchase of a refrigerator or washing machine. You would expect that item to last at least 20 years when you bought it back in those days. Now, it's true that a purchase like that was much more expensive, but in the long run, it was worth it because you'd only have to spend that kind of money perhaps twice in your lifetime. Household appliances these days are designed to last a maximum of five years. They use substandard parts that will fail even before those five years are up. I'm speaking from experience here. A few years ago, I purchased one of those energy-efficient washing machines, and thank the Lord I bought the extended warranty. That thing has broken three times since the purchase. On the last occasion, I had a conversation with the repairman. He showed me the part that had failed, a sort of drainage filter part that some coins which were left in pockets of clothes being washed had heated up and melted through the flimsy plastic the part was constructed of. The repairman told me that in the past, this part would have been made of metal. He also pointed out that modern washing machines don't have true motors. They use a series of magnets to rotate the drum. He advised me to purchase an old-school washing machine and gave me a website to look at. You have to purchase this type of machine online because retail stores won't carry them. Sure, you won't have all those fancy features you really don't need, but the machine will probably last a lifetime with less frequent visit by someone such as a repairman, if anybody at all. I perused the website and saw that these machines were made in the USA and cost not much more than the machines with modern features. My next purchase of any major appliance will be of this type. Besides, they actually work better than the whiz-bang new-style appliances, in my experience, also. 
Well, the music is playing, which means this episode, this short episode, is over. It was short due to a couple of things. First, there was not much news going on. Second, I have a medical procedure tomorrow, so I had to do some things to get ready for that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation. Please make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated and will go right back into the show. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined, that is. I'd enjoy hearing from you. So remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Hey, isn't it Mother's Day? So, get off my lawn. Stay skeptical, friends. I'm out. See ya. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.